0: Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. Each week, I bring you an outstanding guest from the United States, Canada, and nations of the earth to invest into your life. And today, my good friend, Bishop Mark Sharona from Orlando, Florida. Mark, God bless you, and thank you for being a guest on the podcast today.
1: Blessings, Richard. It's great to be with you. Always an honor to be with you.
0: Now, I've got to ask you, first of all, uh, you and I both uh, hold the same degree, a Doctor of Ministry, but you also have a Master's in Psychology. Now, how does that work into the ministry? I want to know.
1: <laughs> as carefully as I can make it work, you know, I've always had this, I've always had this um, fascination with what makes people tick. It's gone back years and years, and finally, I decided to eventually get a degree in psychology. And I, there's a part of me that recognizes that there are certain aspects of psychology that we wouldn't draw the same conclusions that secular psychologists draw. They, they also um, wouldn't, although it's changing, they wouldn't necessarily see the same things we see because we believe that God is intimately involved with the totality, not just of our personal lives, but with all of the universe. And that determines how we view the psyche, how we view human experience, and how we view the fact that even though a secular psychologist will try to get us back to normal, whatever normal is, God wants to get us way beyond normal to transformed. So balancing all that, I think, is important, but I do think that the very reality of the, the need for us to understand how we believe, how our beliefs work, how we feel, how we emote, how we're motivated. Those all can be helpful if they're handled properly.
0: You know, Mark, uh, Pentecostals in the old days believed that education was of the devil because it pointed people, their, their children and grandchildren away from God. And while I'm sure there was some truth to that, also the academic world has got to be touched by the power of God. And the academic world has to be engaged with in order to bring it into the supernatural realm which you and I operate in. And I, I heartily condone and uh, con- congratulate you on this. And I, are, are you still working on that other degree?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have to have the first draft done on this Ph.D. on prophetic, <laughs> Pentecostal theology of prophetic legitimacy, which is going to be about the whole charismatic and prophetic side of things. Um, I've got to have the first draft done by March. Um, I've been at it for four and a half years. It's taken me a long time, uh, but I, the first draft will be done by March. Lord willing, I'll have my oral exam in June or July and hopefully be done with it.
0: So, well, I'm delighted you're doing this because there are some who would say, no, we're going to curse that darkness, but instead you're lighting a candle and you're going into that world to touch people's lives. Uh, Give us just a little bit about your, about your background, Mark, how you and Ruth got together, how you started in the ministry, uh, that sort of thing.
1: Well, you know, believe it or not, Richard, I, you know, having been raised in New York Italian, uh, growing up even in the Beatles era, I was, um, Started. I started playing the piano at four, and, and by the time I was in college, I wanted to make it big. I wanted to be like Sinatra, and so that led me in a certain pathway that um, when I was radically saved at 19, there was a guy named Malcolm Smith preaching in Brooklyn, and I started going to church in Brooklyn, and there was this little red-headed gal singing in the choir as an alto, and I thought... <laughs> I'd be inspired to be a youth pastor, and so I got involved in, because I was five or six years, six years older than her, but I said, well, let me get involved in youth ministry, and the whole reason I did was because she was in the youth, and um, it took me a lot of courage to ask my late Norwegian father-in-law to take her out on a date, but by the time I did, it was a pretty well established fact that we were probably going to be in this for a life, so she's been my sweetheart since I met her and I've noticed she was 16.
0: Ruth is a dear and precious, uh, pre- is a precious woman. Uh, and Lindsay and I love her very much. Uh, now you you transferred, however, from New York, a New York Italian, now here you are in Orlando, Florida. You gotta explain that.
1: Yeah, so I've been a lot of places since then. So our first time of ministry was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We, we, we left New York and ended up in Calgary. We were there long enough to say it's too cold here. <laughs> That we moved back to the east coast in new jersey for a couple of years and then god challenged me to set everything aside and and um travel full time and i said and i at the time if you remember dr cho's book back in the 70s the fourth dimension came out and it, it was powerful and he had just been here in the states and one of the members of our fellowship of churches was on his staff for years and would come to the bible school because i ended up going to bible school where malcolm had the bible school in brooklyn for three and a half years and and jack holm who's in heaven now jack was on staff with dr cho and was just a real man of faith he just being around dr cho he caught the spirit of faith and um kind of like being around your dad you know you just grow up in that atmosphere there's an impartation and and Cho, Cho's book, The Fourth Dimension, just talked about how he got that first bicycle to go out and preach the gospel, how he believed God for a bicycle that led him to, I mean, he he was healed of tuberculosis like your dad was. Yes. He believed for a bicycle. Well, I, you know, here we are. I felt like God was telling me that we were going to travel. I had all these prophetic words from other people. But putting your furniture in storage and saying goodbye to a paid salaried position and trusting God was was a big step of faith. And I'm sitting in the living room with boxes getting ready to go into storage and nobody's calling me for ministry. (laughs) And I'm reading Dr. Cho's book and it's the spirit of God. I'm reading the thing about the bicycle and the spirit of God said, listen to the phone ring. And I'm saying to myself, how do you listen for the phone to ring? It ain't ringing. And he said, just listen for the phone. And I'm straining. I'm in that sunroom straining because I got to be out of this house in 24 hours. I've got nowhere to go. And, and I'm, I'm trying really hard to listen for the phone to ring. And the Spirit of God said, can you just relax and imagine the phone ringing? And sh- as sure as I'm sitting here, Richard, I just relaxed for a minute. And I imagined that the phone would ring. And guess what happened? It rang. It rang. <laughs> and on the other end was, was a, a guy from West Virginia that I had preached for a year before. And he said, are you free um, the first two weeks of July to come to West Virginia to do revival meetings for me? And I said, sure. And so we, w- <coughs> we went. We were there two weeks. But then again, there was no meetings after that. And, I, and so I'm, 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 I'm in the bedroom that we stayed in in the pastor's house up in the on the third floor in this big old West Virginia house that's like got creaks and cranks and drafts and I'm I'm kneeling down and and I just get this thought listen for the floundering I said oh here we go again <laughs> and I'm I'm just saying uh, okay God I'm listening for the floundering and and the pastor's wife came upstairs and said there's a phone call downstairs for you now guess who it was it was Jack Holm who had he left um seoul korea had been in in columbia oregon for a couple of years and had then been asked by al smith who pastored faith tabernacle after madsen bose turned it over to him. and and he's got dwight thompson there for six weeks in revival and jack calls me out and he said mark i've been trying to find you for weeks i said He said, I just tracked you down. I called somebody in Jersey. They said you were going to be here. I said, well, Jack, what what do you want me for? We haven't talked in since I was in Bible has many years. He said, well, Dwight Thompson's been here for six weeks, but he can't be here this weekend. I need you to close this revival out. I said, Jack, I said, I am not Dwight Thompson. I cannot close a revival that he's been doing for six weeks. I mean, and at the time, Dwight was like, majorly just being used by God. And he said, no, I think you can do it. I said, God told me to call you. He said, are you free this weekend? I said, yeah. And so we drove from Wheeling, West Virginia on that Saturday morning, got to Chicago on Saturday night and I mean, and in Wheeling, Richard, I mean, I preached to maybe 30 people every night for, you know, and I get to, I get to Chicago and that Sunday morning, it's three services and there's 2000 some odd people in every service. And I'm saying, what am I going to say to 6000 people? And I ended up preaching on, um um, this is back in 1980, 82, before anybody was preaching on, um, Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. This is before Bruce Wilkinson's book. So I I did a thing on the prayer of Jabez, the power of God broke out. People got saved, people got delivered, people got healed. And by that Sunday night, when I went back for the Sunday night service, Jack said, Mark, he said, I made a couple of calls to guys to let them know what's going on. Richard, I heard the phone ring twice, but that was 1982. I've never asked for a meeting all these years, and at 67 years old, that phone has kept ringing the whole time.
0: Well, that's, that's your obedience, Mark, and that's your faith talking, your faith and Ruth's faith, stepping out on nothing, what looked like nothing was there, and believing God that something would be under your feet where you landed. That's, that's the walk of faith. And that's what I believe, and that's the way I was raised as well. And so I identify, and I know many, many people that are listening and watching are identifying with that as well. Can you share a little bit about what you're doing today? I know that you've established the Church on the Living Edge there in Orlando area. I've preached there a number of times over the years, and you've had me down as, as well as Lindsay, and uh, uh, lots of great things happening there. But you also serve uh, uh, as bishop over a fellowship and other churches that are under your leadership. Share a little bit about that and, and about what you're doing around the world.
1: Yeah, over the years, you know, pastors have asked for help, and I've just done my best to be whatever help I can be. Right now, um, I'm doing things with pastors um, because of the last two and a half years, with, with all that's gone on, even pastors are wrestling with uncertainty and the need for a sense of confidence moving forward. And so once a month, I gather my pastors on Zoom right now, and we, we just take a journey on spiritual formation and relying on the Holy Spirit and understanding that the power of God is ever-present and ever-available, um, and that being formed and shaped in Jesus is essential right now for the people that we serve. And so even though everything can be shaken, God is God is still moving and we need to move with him. And so I'm, I'm believing Richard that against the backdrop of all the shaking in the darkness, God is grooming us for another great visitation of the spirit. I believe that this, the future belongs to the spirit filled community. Totally believe that.
0: Mark um, today uh, you, you pick up the newspaper, you go online, you turn on the television and you, you hear one group saying no masks, one group saying we gotta have masks, one group saying we're gonna do what the CDC says, the other group saying we're not gonna do what the CDC says. You're seeing uh, states that have been Democrat Run are now saying we can't have this any longer. We've got to get back to our regular lives. Uh, so many businesses, ministries, people individually have suffered. People, as you as you were, were talking before we went on the air with this, people are still getting sick with the omicron uh, uh, the omicron version of uh, of uh, COVID. They don't know what's coming next. There, there's a sense of, of concern out there right now. What what is God saying in this time concerning that?
1: Yeah, you know, um, one of the things I think and I shared this back in uh, long before 2020, I felt like we were coming into a a decade of great turbulence and unrest. And Len Sweet and I wrote a book on it called Rings of Fire. And that was back in 2017. And we talked about a virus coming out of China in chapter 15 that might press a reset button.
0: And that was long before we knew about a virus coming out of China.
1: long, Long before. And sadly, I think, Richard, we live in such a highly volatile... Political culture that it gets all sorts of confusion gets created, and people get stuck in the middle.
0: And the and the media, the media exacerbates it.
1: Oh, and oh, and the medium. I mean, like the media has got is like on steroids in terms of exacerbating it. And I, honestly, I've had to detox. I, 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 you know, Jesus says, "Give heed to what you listen to. To him who has, shall more be given." To him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And I've just, Richard, I've had to detox and just yes. pray, seek the face of God, keep my ears attuned to what I think the spirit of God is requiring of me and getting back to the scriptures and what, you know. And so um, while I think, again, we're in a turbulent era, I, I I do believe, look, if we go back to the Spanish flu, that was at a time when the Pentecostal movement was 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 in turbulence, but it's not long after that that God laid hold of your dad yes, and others exactly. and what came in the in the late 30s and eight and the forties on the heels of all that. Because the Spanish flu, while it lasted like this one did for three and a half years, the impact of it went for a decade. And because they didn't have a vaccine, right? And all that stuff back in then in, in those days. But the impact, but it was right at that When there was a spiritual dearth, God raised up men and women that were hungry and knew the spirit was moving, that there was a latter rain, and dad was a part of that. And we have a rich history because of that.
0: Let's just say for the sake of argument that the Spanish flu was sent by the devil in order to preclude and to stop what Satan knew was coming. Yep. Could it be that this pandemic that we are going through now is a setup from Satan to try to block what he knows God is about to do supernaturally in our land and in lands all over the world?
1: Oh, yeah. Evil doesn't come from God at all. God is not the author of sickness. God is not the author of evil. Anytime it shows up, we need to recognize we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do think the enemy always goes first. The enemy has an arrogance about him. And so God says, devil, you go first.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's true. In the Bible, uh, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I just, I just think God says, let's see you, who God is. <laughs> go ahead and have your day. But I get the last word and Psalm 2, I get the last laugh. And God gets God. the last word and the last laugh.
0: Praise God. Uh, Dr. Mark Sharona is a tremendous blessing to people all over the world, not only here in the United States, but in nations around the world, ministering to pastors and leaders, apostolic leaders, uh, reaching out into the academic community. And I I honor him for that. And Mark, I'd like to ask you if you would pray over the needs of people. There are those that are watching today, those that are listening today who, who need to hear a word from God and need the prayer of faith. And the Bible says the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt. Not the prayer of fear or worry or anxiety, but the prayer of faith shall save the sick person and the Lord will raise them up. So would you pray? And then I'll pray following you.
1: Sure. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you that your goodness is always before us. Your grace is always before us and your grace and goodness come after us. That whether it's prior or after, your goodness and your grace will always be present. And Father, I thank you that in your goodness and in your grace, you lead us and guide us into the truth. And I thank you that your spirit is the spirit of truth. And in the midst of the unsettling season we've been in, I thank you that you are our refuge and strength, abundantly available for help in tight places. I pray for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters, that you would infuse the spirit of faith into them, cause them to hear what you are saying through the scripture and cause them to become strong like Abraham and not regard that which is in the natural as that which can defeat them, but give glory to you by your precious, magnificent promises and come to the full assurance of faith that if you said it, you'll do it. And if you spoke it, you'll bring it to pass for Jesus' sake.
0: And I set my faith with Mark's prayer. And I thank you, God, that you are a good God. God is a good God, friend. He's a good God. Every heartache, your heartache, he understands there's healing power and there are miracles in the touch of his wonderful hand. And I stretch out my faith, knowing there's no distance in prayer. Even as Mark is stretching out his hands, I stretch out my hands right now to you because there is no distance in prayer. He's right here where I am. He's right there where you are. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So I send the healing word of God to you from the crown of your head, even unto the soles of your feet. Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. We do not belong to you. We belong to God, our Lord, our Savior, our King. And I thank you, Father, for healing and delivering people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Dr. Mark Sharona, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: I'm honored that you've had me. Richard, can I just brag on you and dad for a minute before we leave Um, for us in our history? One of the most significant moments in our life when little daniel couldn't walk you had no idea dad had no idea we were at iclc in indianapolis you guys were sitting on the front row donnie mears made me close the meeting i was scared to death i had this impression i spoke it to you and dad you both came up and then you both said when you heard the story about little Daniel, you said you both had an impression about the power of God going down his right side. We got back to the Hoosier Dome Hotel and the elders that were babysitting for our kids back in Raleigh said, for some reason, Daniel rolled over from his right arm tonight and began to crawl. And six months later, he was walking. He's still walking today. He's a landscaper. And it's all because God gave a word. It wouldn't have happened. I know God heals, but God uses human beings to release things. And it wouldn't have happened if two men named Oral and Richard had not obeyed God on the promptings of that word of knowledge. And so we are forever grateful to you.
0: Well, praise God, Mark. I thank God for Daniel for his life and for what he's doing today. And I praise God for that testimony. Thank you. And my love to Ruth and all the family, Daniel and all. And thank you for being a guest on my podcast. And thank you for joining me today on Expect a Miracle Podcast. I'll see you next time. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you according to God's Word in Luke 6, 38.